I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Welcome back to Beyond the Goals podcast. I am your host, Krati Mehra, and this is the very first episode of 2022. And before we begin, let me wish you a very happy new year. I really hope that this year you find everything you're looking for, that you experience good health, exponential growth, and be a kinder, more compassionate human. Every week through this podcast, I get to be a little part of your journey, and I'm immensely grateful for that privilege. So thank you so much for all the time you've invested in this show and for all the love you've shown through your reviews, DMs, and emails. Thank you so much. I will continue to deliver content that you need and that adds value to your life. And in view of that, I have got a lot of great content, uh, learning and growth opportunities lined up for you, starting with something that I have designed to help women, women who struggle with self-prioritization, confident communication, setting boundaries or women who want a different life but have yet to truly step into their power and realize just what they're capable of. If you identify with the description, you will find in the episode description a link to an exercise that will help you get clear about where you are currently in your journey, where you want to go, what's holding you back and what needs to be done to overcome that struggle. And as a bonus, I am also offering the opportunity for a free one-on-one empowerment audit to five lucky winners. As part of this audit, we will conduct a comprehensive assessment and put together a concise plan for you to bridge the gap between your current reality and the life you want and the woman you want to be. Doing this exercise is only going to take 10 minutes, but it's going to benefit you greatly because Clarity and awareness are the foundations for a successful conscious life. So before you take another step in your journey, do this exercise so that you can make the right choices and powerful moves fueled by the courage and conviction that only a clear vision and awareness of self can give you. The link is in the episode description. So let's do this exercise and begin the year with a bang. And also please know that the offer for the free empowerment audit is only available for a limited time. So please don't let any self-doubt lead you into procrastinating or not doing the exercise at all. I hope you do it and it helps you see things clearly, give you the armor of awareness and the power of clarity. Good luck. Now, coming back to today's episode, it's an appropriate one for the start of the year. And that's because it's more of a quest than a conversation. (laughs) It's a quest for internal authentic power to create a truly meaningful, happy and healthy life. And our Yoda, our guide in this quest is Gary Zukov, who has shared with us a lot of wisdom and all of it with the most calm energy, warmth, and gentle, generous understanding for wherever we may be in our journey. So the learnings in this episode are for everyone. All you need is an honest commitment to act on the offered knowledge. We talk about the concept of soul, the concept of authentic power, the role our emotions play in our spiritual growth, how to cultivate calm and positivity in our life, how to identify when you are on the right path, a path that leads to the nourishment of your soul, 
manifesting abundance without fear, and so much more. And we couldn't have found a better teacher than Gary Zukov. He has inspired millions to realize their soul's greatest potential. A master teacher and author of four consecutive New York Times bestsellers, including the seed of the soul that led the way to seeing the alignment of the personality with the soul as the fulfillment of life and captured the imagination of millions, becoming the number one New York Times bestseller. His latest book, Universal Human, explores a new era of humanity based on love instead of fear that only we can bring into being. And Universal Human shows us how. Gary is also the co-founder of the Seed of the Soul Institute with Linda Francis. He has made 36 appearances on The Oprah Winfrey Show and 6 million copies of his books have been published in 32 languages. I'm sure that you will love this episode and will make the most of the transformation it offers. So let's get to it. I want to thank you for making time for this conversation, for giving me this amazing opportunity because you have shared such beautiful content with the world. You've impacted so many lives for the better and... I just feel so like I'm in amazing company and just feeling so privileged to be able to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, you are very welcome, Krati. And I, I really love what I read about your podcast and what you're doing. And I want to support you in that. Thank you so much. You're very kind. So for anyone who's not already familiar with your work, I think I would like to ask you a little bit about the concept of soul and spirituality and what it means for someone trying to live a more aligned, more meaningful life. In my experience, a great thing is happening now in the human species, to the consciousness of the human species. It's changing, not the content of the consciousness, but the consciousness itself is changing. And what it's changing into, in many ways, will be familiar to many people because it's an awareness of reincarnation. It's an awareness of the existence of the soul. Well, in India, that's not new news. Yes. But what is happening now is that millions of individuals are being able to experience these things, not simply learn about them and then believe them, but to experience them for themselves. So our new consciousness is expanding us beyond the limitations of the five senses. The five senses are never going to detect your soul. I'm never sure if soul is the same thing as Atman, but I think if it's not, it's very similar. Swords cannot cut the soul. Fire cannot burn the soul. The soul is our essence. It is who we are. It existed before our personality was born into the earth school. And it will continue to exist after our personality leaves the earth school. These ideas are everywhere around the world, not only in the Vedic tradition and in the Buddhist tradition, but in all the aboriginal traditions. There are shamans who visit the unseen world and learn there to benefit people in the seen world. So I want to say to all of our listeners in India, congratulations. You are living in a very special time. We are all living in a very special time. The new consciousness is overlapping the old consciousness. So we have one foot in the old consciousness. In the old consciousness, the world is only what the five senses can see. 
and hear and smell and taste and touch. And power is the ability to manipulate and to control. In the new consciousness, the universe is much larger, undefinably larger, always larger than we can imagine. And it's alive and it's wise and it's compassionate. And power is now the alignment of your personality with your soul, with the part of your personality that is mortal, with the part of you that is immortal. And the part of you that is immortal has intentions. And those intentions are harmony and cooperation and sharing and reverence for life. Aligning yourself with that is real power. And with real power comes things that manipulating and control can never bring, like fulfillment and meaning and purpose and joy and connection. So that is happening to all of us right now. Yes, that's that's beautiful. And may I ask, like, I'm someone who very early on in life, my mother told me that there will be times in your life when you're confused and you're lost, then you have to listen to the voice of your soul. And you have to do what feels right inside, not just, you know, feels right socially or feels right as in what everyone else is telling you to do, but feels right in your soul. So but that again, that's a vague concept. But I think as you grow older, you explore different paths in life. There are just some things that bring you comfort, that bring you joy, that make you feel like you're home. Everything's okay in your world. But for people who have not yet felt that, what would you recommend? Like, can is there a way we can explore what feels good to our soul, what nourishes our soul, so that we can build a stronger inner world? Yes. By the way, I agree with your mother. I think she gave you some very good counsel. <laughs> Thank you. And there is a way that we can begin to connect with our soul. When we were five century, we couldn't do that because it was only an idea. It was only something we read about in scriptures. Now it's a living presence in us. Your soul is your essence. It's who you are. You are a compassionate and loving, creative and powerful spirit. Well. That's not a new idea, but it is a new experience for hundreds of millions of people. Now your question, how can you begin to use that in your life? Meaning is your compass. When you are going in the direction that your soul wants to go, your life begins to fill with meaning. And when you're going in the opposite direction, your life begins to empty of meaning. And you ask questions like, is this all there is? There must be more to life. Why all this pain? Why all this misery? Why me? So follow what gives you meaning. Use that as your spiritual compass. Now we come to the really interesting question. How do you align your personality with your soul? There are two tools that you can use, two simple tools. One of them is emotional awareness. Become aware of your emotions. The heart is very important in creating authentic power. You can't do it with your mind. And I know there are several types of yoga. And I'm not talking only about bhakti yoga. I'm talking about your life now. Whether you're living in California or India or Brazil, the first step in aligning your personality with your soul is commitment, is the intention to do it. But once you move yourself in that direction, then become aware of your emotions. When we were five sensory, emotions are not really that important. They're like having an inflamed appendix. You know, they're a nuisance. It'd be better if we could just remove them from our lives and then we wouldn't be bothered with emotions. But 
from a multi-sensory perspective, which is our new consciousness, emotions are very important. Yes. Very important because they tell you when fear is active in you and when love is active in you. And if you speak or act when fear is active in you, you will create painful consequences for yourself, not only others, for yourself. Well, this is karma. This is not new either, but the experience of the reality of it is beginning to be new, is new. Yes. How do you become aware of your emotions? Some people just are not aware of their emotions and they say, well, I'm not feeling anything. Their emotions are always active in them, but their awareness is not detecting them. These people are emotionally ignorant. Some people say, well, sure, I'm aware of my emotions. I know when I'm sad. I know when I'm angry. I know when I'm grieving. I know when I'm happy. That is not emotional awareness. That is emotional illiteracy. Yes. What is emotional awareness? Whenever you feel angry or resentful or a victim or jealous or overwhelmed or anxious, these are all experiences of fear. Yes. Whenever you feel any of those, before you act, before you speak, that's important, before, turn your attention inward into yourself and put them in to your energy processing centers. In India, these are called chakras. So put your attention into each of your chakras. And if you're not familiar with chakras, there are seven of them. One is at the crown of your head, then your forehead, then your throat area, your chest area, your solar plexus area, uh, your genital area, and the very base of your torso. Put your attention into three of them. Whenever you feel angry or jealous or any of these painful emotions, put them first into your throat area and see if you can feel any physical sensations. For example, when you put your attention in your throat area and you're looking for physical sensations, be aware of what hurts. For example, you might discover that you've got a constriction in the middle of your throat and you can say it's about the size of a golf ball. Or you might say that I have a stabbing feeling on the top of my shoulder because that's in your fifth chakra area. Or my jaw hurts. That's also in your fifth chakra area. Right. Pay attention to the physical sensations. Then move your attention. Instead of speaking or acting in anger or jealousy, put your attention in your chest area and look for physical sensations. By physical sensations, when a fear is active, they will be painful. They will be uh, like aching, throbbing, churning, burning, stabbing. And you'll be able to become familiar with them. You'll say, well, in the left side of my chest, I feel a stabbing like an ice pick. And I feel a band across my chest like it's squeezing me. Or whatever it is you feel. You would put your attention in your solar plexus and you might feel that it, it's a churning or burning or queasy. It's a physical sensation. As you do that, you're becoming familiar with internal dynamics in you that are creating your painful emotional experiences. Most people think the world is creating their painful emotional experiences, but it's not. Right. The world is activating internal dynamics in you. Yes. And as long as you're focused on changing the world, which is the pursuit of external power, you're not going to change the internal dynamics in you. When you turn your attention inward and you challenge those internal dynamics by choosing not to act on them, but instead 
to act from the healthiest part of your personality you can instead, you challenge them. Now, what are the healthiest parts of your personality? We experience those as gratitude, caring, appreciation, patience, awe of the universe. So when you're feeling angry or overwhelmed or depressed or like a victim, reach for the healthiest parts of your personality that you can access in that moment. Maybe it's the time when you were grateful for something or you were content and do your best to act from that healthy, loving part of your personality. Because where your attention goes, you go. As long as your attention is on the outside world, I don't have enough to eat. I don't have enough friends. I've got too much work. I'm not smart enough. I'm too smart and nobody appreciates me. Whatever you're feeling like that, these are all experiences of fear. Right. Now, creating real power is developing the ability to distinguish within yourself between love and fear and acting on love all the time, no matter what is happening inside of you or what is happening outside of you. Yes, you've answered like a very big question here because I also believe that your emotions are your power. Your emotions create pretty much everything you experience in the world. So uh, let me see if I understand this correctly. As we go on to this journey where we are exploring our soul, where we are trying to nourish our soul and removing some of our attention from the external world, the first thing we do is commit. The intention comes first. We have to commit to the process. The second thing we do is as we are exploring our emotions, we have to become emotionally aware, which means as and when we feel an emotion, especially if it's a negative emotion, we have to bring our attention to our chakras, to our body, and see where we feel that emotion in our body. And if it is a negative emotion, we can correct the imbalance it creates by thinking of, by uh, shifting our attention to something positive, something like gratitude, joy, uh, the wonders in our life, something like that. Is, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. However, I would suggest one thing. Instead of looking at an emotion as negative, I would say you can look at it as a painful or loving or pleasing because the yes. universe... Yes. Now, now, by the way, Krati, I want to say to all of the people who are listening to us, I suggest that you not take anything that I say as true just because I say it. And just the opposite, I would suggest that if you resonate with anything that I say, then experiment with that. And if that produces good things in your life, then experiment some more. And if it doesn't, let it go. So yes. the universe does not look in terms of positive and negative, good or bad, success or failure. It looks in terms of uh, cause and effect. Every effect has a cause. Every cause has an effect. If you participate in a cause, you will participate in the effect. Now, it's not the only way the universe sees experience, but this is an important one because you are always choosing and what you are choosing is a cause. And that cause is always creating effects. Now, what is the cause you're always choosing? It's an intention. An intention is a quality of consciousness that infuses your deeds and your words. If that quality of consciousness is love, that's what infuses your deeds and words. And if that quality of consciousness is fear, that's what infuses your deeds or words. So if you choose to reach for a part of you that's grateful, 
That's the quality of consciousness, gratitude, that begins to affect your perceptions and your actions and the consequences they create. If the quality of consciousness that you're experiencing is jealousy or resentment or victimhood, that is the quality of consciousness that infuses your words and your actions and shapes your perceptions. Right. Because your perceptions, every perception reveals the structure of the perceiver, not the structure of the external world. Right. So what we're talking about is a living, ongoing, lifelong heartfulness meditation of becoming aware of what you're feeling in your body, in the chakra areas. And this is good because in India, everyone who's Hindu certainly has been familiar with these things called chakras, whether they've really taken them for real or explored them. In the West, that's not always the case. So turn your attention whenever you feel a painful physical uh, emotion and look at the physical sensations you're feeling before you act. That's why I emphasized before, because when you act in jealousy, in resentment, in overwhelm, you don't feel those things. You act on them. That's a way of masking what you're actually feeling. Right. But when you have the courage to say, no, I'm not going to act in anger again. No, I'm not going to judge someone else again. No, I'm not going to blame the world for my circumstance again. Instead, I'm going to look inside myself and I'm going to change the internal dynamic that is giving me these painful physical sensations. And now that I'm feeling them, I know what is behind my painful emotional experiences. Yes. And if I want to change those experiences, I can do it now because I'm becoming multi-sensory. Five-sensory humans said to themselves, I'll change the world. That will make me feel better. It won't. Well, it'll temporarily make you feel better at best. Say you have a frightened part of your personality that says, if I had a girlfriend my life would be better. If I had a boyfriend, it would be much better. If my parents understood me, that would make my life really good. If I, if I had just the dress or the, or the car that I wanted, that would feel good. Or if I just had some more food, that would make me feel good. Your experience of the world is shaped by how you hold that experience. If you look at it as a blessing in the sense that it is teaching you about yourself, so that you can move beyond the parts of yourself that prevent you from giving the gifts you were born to give, then you can see what a gift every experience is, no matter how painful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing and for the the pointers you've given. And I really hope that people listening to the episode do explore it. May I ask you, may I suggest one thing, Krata, here? Because I want everyone not to feel that they need to do this, or it's a good thing to do this, or it's a bad thing not to do this. The universe doesn't judge you. Other people may judge you. You judge yourself. It's the same thing. But the universe does not. You are the one who decides to explore your spiritual growth. You are the one that makes spiritual growth a priority. You are the one that eventually makes it the highest priority in your life. And that doesn't mean to be religious. Now, this podcast is going all over the world. So I'm speaking now to Christians, Hindus, Buddhists, agnostics. Yes. It doesn't matter. If you want 
to get out of the pain that characterizes your life, except for experiences now and then when you're out of pain. You're going to have to turn your attention to yourself. This is the beginning of the spiritual path. Yes. And then you've got to walk on it, which means pay attention to your painful emotions. And when one comes up, look immediately inside instead of outside and look for physical sensations. Your energy processing centers, which are your chakras, also tell you when love is present in you. And when love is present in you, all of your chakras, or most of them, or some of them feel wonderful. They feel expansive, warm, vibrant. And you do too. But I have to ask you, and I think this is something a lot of us struggle with, as in when we explore spirituality, as in when we start doing these practices, uh, the, the, you know, the ones that you suggested and anything else that people choose to explore. I think a lot of us expect there to be sort of an instant effect. We expect there to be less resistance in our life. And I think a lot of us also believe that if we are doing what our soul is directing us to do, there shouldn't be as many challenges in our life. Our life should feel good. So this is something I would like to discuss with you. There is, of course, there is something like what looks good to you and to the world, which would be external accomplishments. But of course, that is not what we are talking about here. Then there is the internal world. So how does one recognize that they're on the right path? Because uh, again, even though it's not about religion, a lot of Hindus believe that you could be religious, you could be close to God, God can love you, and you can still have challenge after challenge in your life because your faith is getting tested. Of course, this is not about religion at all. But do you really believe that uh, if we are on the right path, we are nourishing our soul, we are doing what feels good to our soul, does that mean that we won't have challenges in our life? Oh, on the contrary. If, if you are using the term God, like I would use the term divine intelligence, which is an intelligence that is listening to you, that is interested, and with which you co-create optimal circumstances in the earth school for your spiritual development. So if you decide you're going to start paying attention to your, to your internal dynamics, does that mean that your life is uh, now on easy street? No. In fact, as you become aware in your life, you become aware of everything. And what most people become aware of first is fear in themselves, and that means pain in themselves. Creating authentic power is not had so easily. When you do the things that I've explained, when you feel an impulse to shout or react or lash out or withdraw emotionally, and instead you challenge it, look inside, experience the physical sensations of it, and in that moment, in that moment, choose to access the most loving part of your personality you can. That is a moment of creating authentic power. Does that transform your life? Yes, but your experience of your life may not transform that quickly. Let me put it this way. I don't want to sound mystical. The more you create authentic power, the more you move yourself beyond the control of your fear. You don't create, a, creating authentic power is a process. It's not an event. You don't do this once and now your life is all a joy. You are moving yourself toward love. Right. You are love, but you're not seeing it. You're experiencing fear. 
These are the frightened parts of your personality. We'll use that as a shorthand label. Until you identify, which means experience fully, the frightened parts of your personality and challenge them, they'll continue to create the same painful experiences and consequences that they have in the past. That's, the Buddhists call that the will of suffering or samsara, the will of life. And five sensory humans were stuck on it. And they had to listen to Krishna, to Buddha, to Christ, and believe. They had to believe, Krati and all of our listeners, this is more than believing now. This leaves believing behind. This is the ability to experience, to experiment with these concepts and see for yourself if they work for you in your life. But you've got to do it. Yes. You can't just think about them. So what happens when you start creating authentic power? First of all, say you're challenging your anger. I'm using that because anger was a big part of my experience. When you challenge a frightened part of your personality, not only does it not go away, it begins to come up more frequently. So if you're challenging your anger, you'll find that more and more in the world irritates you or annoys you or causes you to be angry. People say things that you don't like and, they, and you become angry. Yes. That's because you have invoked health. You have invoked healing by challenging a frightened part of your personality. And the universe is responding. It's bringing more experiences of that part of your personality into your awareness for you to challenge and move beyond the control of the fear of that part of your personality, which is fear. So at first you might think, I'm going the wrong direction. Here I am on the spiritual path. I'm challenging all these impulses to judge people, to shout at people, to withdraw from people, to be rude, to be distant, to disconnect. And I'm finding that it's happening more and more. That, when you think about it, is awesome. It means you move the universe. Your intention to heal moves the universe. And it moves in a very personal and intimate way to support you. It will not support you. It does. You're always supported as you experience emotional pain and you act on emotional pain and you create painful consequences and then you experience more emotional pain and react on that emotional pain and on and on and on. This could go on for months, for years, for a lifetime, for lifetimes, for hundreds of lifetimes. You can change that now. You've always had that ability, but now hundreds of millions of us are becoming multi-sensory. We can do more than believe what Krishna said. We can do more than believe yes. what the Christ said. We can do more than believe what the Buddha said and experiment. We can start to really experiment, not on faith, not on belief, but on our ability to use our free will in a conscious and loving way and experience for ourselves what that produces and how different it is from using our free will in an unconscious and destructive way and how painful those consequences are. So 
That's what I'm suggesting, that our listeners, if they resonate, begin to experiment with whatever they resonate with, and then keep in touch. Yes. With us. With us. You can come to our, uh, our, our website, seatofthesoul.com. S-E-A-T, like what you sit on, of the S-O-U-L, dot com. And we have lots of things there to support you. Uh, yes. We are, even, uh, we, we are even giving a course uh, this, this January called Journey to the Soul. And you can take that course. It's online, live, online. Linda and I facilitate that with people who are creating authentic power. And there's lots of interaction. And uh, we've priced it so that everyone who is living a comfortable middle class or in that area, life, anywhere in the world can afford it. And if you're in a part of the world or wherever you are, you can afford it, then call us and we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe we can arrange a scholarship. We do arrange scholarships. So I'd suggest that you go to seatofthesoul.com and uh, explore it and look at the new courses and the new events. This is a three-day Journey to the Soul retreat in January. It's part of a one-year program that has yes. a lot of support, yes. personal support, like you and I are experiencing uh, interacting with, with each other. And I think that's also important to remember because as we talked about, like it doesn't necessarily, as you explore your soul, it doesn't necessarily mean that your life will get easier. But I think what happens, at least this has been my experience, what happens is you have more space for every experience, regardless of its intensity, regardless of its nature. And you also, I think for some reason, there is just added strength to you. And you are not just open to your own pain, you are also able to receive and handle and handle in a healthy way pain of others as well, people who share that experience with you. So I think that's, again, as you shared, that's something to remember. So thank you for pointing that out as well. Absolutely. Isn't that a wonderful experience when you yes. have it? Yes, absolutely. It is. Yes. And, and and by handle experience of others, you can do it this way. As you become familiar with yourself, really intimate with your own emotions, then you can you begin to realize that everyone's life in the earth school is as difficult and challenging and painful and potentially rewarding as your own. And then that's that's the origin of compassion. Because you see, before you were just judging them. Oh, he's angry. Oh, he's rude. He's just caring for himself. But when you see as, through your own explorations of yourself that he's in pain, he's being controlled, she's being controlled by fear, by a frightened part of his or her personality. And you know what that feels like now. It hurts. Yes. And you create painfully for yourself. Then you can be compassionate for the other person. Yes. So then it's not a matter of handling them anymore. Yes. It's a matter of being there in an appropriate way. Some people are closed. With those, you can walk away. Of course. But there's different ways of walking away. You can walk away in fear because you're judging or you're frightened of what that person could do. Or you can walk away in love because you sense this is, this is the, the most appropriate action you can take. Yes. And that person in some place in his or her psyche will register that you walked away in love and not in fear. 
which means in judgment or resentment or yes or disapproval yes of course we have to respect each other's journey i think that's very important exactly but it's not a matter of you have to you don't have to you can live your life disregarding every other person in your life you can live your life disregarding your own well-being and the universe will not judge you but the consequences you create are so painful doing that and you know exactly what they are because you've experienced them again and again and again yes now you are becoming multi-sensory if you are still listening to this podcast after all of this discussion you are becoming multi-sensory so experiment yes. with that know that it's a good thing it's not something to frighten you it's not something to make you feel superior it is something it is a gift from the universe and that gift brings with it potential you don't have to do anything to get the gift of multi-sensory perception the new consciousness but to bring into being the potential of the new power authentic power there you do have to do a lot of things what things well become aware of your emotions develop emotional awareness and use your emotional awareness if you feel pain in your chakra areas physical pain you know that fear is present so don't act on it instead act from the healthiest part of your personality that you can if you check your chakra centers and you feel that some of them feel wonderful because your chakras don't always line up they're always in pain or they're always in fear some are one way and some are the other for example your your throat chakra has to do with your ability to communicate right and when you're feeling fear processing fear in that chakra your ability it's it's because you you, you feel that you're not able to communicate what it is that's important to you to communicate. Or if you could, no one would understand it. Right. These experiences cause painful physical sensations. In, in your chest area, when you feel pain there, it's because you are blocking love. Either the love that you have to give and you're not giving it. Yes. Or the love that someone else is giving to you and you're not opening to it. And when you're p feeling pain in your solar plexus area, it, it's because you, you, you're doubting whether uh, you can deal, you, you, you can handle what needs to be handled. Can I support my family? Am I going to have food tomorrow? Uh, where am I going to live? Uh, will I get into the school I want to get into? Everyone's got their... The Earth School gives everyone intimate, personalized circumstances to grow spiritually yes everything that you encounter in your life will help you to bring the consciousness of your soul into the awareness of your personality your soul is real yes and you contribute to the evolution of your soul with each cho choice of love that's creating authentic power they're the same but it's not something you have to do or you have not to do it's something that you must choose to do of course which means you must course. choose to change if you don't choose to change you don't change there's no judgment yeah. you experience more of the same yes and i now i'll ask you the question that i think a lot of people have when we are on these subjects 
when we talk about manifestation, we believe that we are constantly having a conversation with the universe. And as you said, universe doesn't judge. Considering that universe doesn't judge and taking on board the idea that a lot of us believe in, that universe always says yes. So whatever you're putting out there will come back to you amplified. And you will experience that in your life. As you said, you know, we have to focus on the the good in us. We have to focus on the the happier, the more joyous experiences of our life instead of uh, getting, you know, trapped in the more painful emotions. So considering all that, I think a lot of people feel fear when they believe that they are constantly talking to the universe, which means that as and when they have uh, painful emotions, they try to block it. Instead of trying to process it and resolve it, as you recommended, they try to block it because they suddenly build fear around putting out something negative and attracting that back into their life. What would you say to people who are who want to manifest a better abundance, who want to manifest a better life for themselves, but then they don't know how to talk to the universe, they don't know what they're attracting, how do they cleanse their energy? What would you say to those people? Nothing about you is unknown. There is nothing that you think or feel or desire or aspire to that the universe does not see, that your non-physical teachers do not see. I would suggest, let me put it this way, you uh, use the word you have to do this, you have to do that, which is correct if you want to change. If you want to experience different things in your life, then you need to do this. If For example, I want to learn how to speak Gujarati. I must go to class and learn from someone who knows how to speak Gujarati. If I don't do that, I will never learn how to speak Gujarati or Punjabi or any other language. If you do want to change, then pay attention to your emotions. Develop emotional awareness. Absolutely. Don't be emotionally illiterate. Be emotionally literate. Be able to articulate what you feel in terms of physical sensations in each of your chakras. I suggest throat, chest, and solar plexus because those are, for many people, the easiest to feel physical sensations in. And you ask something, uh, uh, that that fear. It's a question from fear. I don't want to feel anger because if I feel anger, I might act in anger, and then the universe will see me acting in anger and it'll bring painful consequences. That's the law of karma. Yes. Yes, that's true. But it's not a judgment. It is a blessing. Karma is the universal, impersonal teacher of responsibility. When you experience what you create in the experience of another person, that is not a punishment. What more effective way can you imagine there is to teach someone else the benefit of changing their intentions and behavior than to have them experience what that brings in others. Do you see what I mean? It's not, never, I would suggest that you never repress or suppress or deny an emotion. On the contrary, experience them as fully as you can. Absolutely. The only way to do that is to develop emotional awareness. Now, we can do all these things now because we're becoming multi-sensory. When we were five-sensory, we weren't able to do these things. We were able to think about them, try to do them. But 
we never really passed a point where we couldn't go. That was the limits of the five senses. Now we're not confined by those. The soul is real. Atman is real. You, as a spirit, are real. You live in a greater place, a larger time, from which you are now beginning able to see differently. Don't mistake me in to thinking that if you create authentic power a couple of times, or a couple of hundred times, or a couple of thousand times, that you're going to have, have the consciousness of Krishna. No, you are not. Krishna is a word that symbolizes, expresses something toward which humans are moving, but is far beyond humanity. When we were limited to the five senses, we could see, oh, I'm holding two fingers up and they're about three inches apart. That's all we could see when we were five sensory, with our five senses. Now we're becoming multi-sensory and we can see, now I'm holding my fingers about a foot and a half apart. That's how big the change is. But I'm moving my fingers on a continuum. A continuum means there's no end to it on the right and there's no end to it on the left. We're experimenting now with a little increase in our ability to perceive the universe beyond what we previously could. And to learn from that, the lessons are simple. You don't have to continue to live in pain. You create the pain you're living in. You don't have to create in love. You experience the love you choose to create. You live in it. How do you do it? It takes commitment, courage, compassion, and conscious communication and action. That's another good thing to go to seatofthesoul.com for. These are the authentic power guidelines, and you can download them for free. Each of these areas has specific guidelines in it. Commitment. What's it mean? What, what does that mean in creating authentic power? Courage. Why does it take courage? Well, it takes courage to experience the painful physical sensations in you when you choose not consciously choose not to act on a frightened part of your personality. It takes courage to transform yourself and to support others in transforming themselves. It takes compassion. You know, you can't become compassionate for someone else until you become compassionate for yourself. Yes. Compassion is good medicine that you give to yourself and you give to other people at the same time. Yes. That was amazing. I will make sure to share all the links that you've mentioned and the download as well. But may I ask um, for people who, you know, look for processes, look for one, two, step one, step two, step three <laughs> for uh, those learners. Is there any ritual that you recommend that people do like meditation or yoga, anything like that that you recommend? Yes. If, if you're the kind of person that likes to do step one, step two, step three, or needs to do something in the morning or something in the evening, do it. It's a, I meditate. Uh, there are lots of different kinds of meditations. And, and uh, if you find one that works for you, meditate. If you do it in the morning, meditate. It always helps to develop the practice of looking inward with attention, without judgment. But creating authentic power is an ongoing process. But if you're someone who says, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ongoing a process through my whole life, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to meditate at 730 in the morning. We'll start there and see what it produces for you. Eventually, 
you'll find that everything that you experience in the earth school, which means in your life, in that time between your birth and the time your personality returns to non-physical reality, everything gives you something to meditate about, on, with, through. Your life is that rich every single moment. So, of course, meditate in the morning. I do. Set your intentions. I do that a lot. Uh, don't feel that you're not doing it right if you're not doing it all the time. When you're angry, the next time you're angry or you're sad, think, oh, all right, I, I remember Krati and Gary were talking about looking inside instead of acting outwardly. So, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it this time. I'll do it right now. I'll experiment. Ooh, that hurts. Well, maybe it's another week or day or yes. before you remember it again. But when you remember it again, do it again and again and again. Be gentle with yourself. There's nothing gentle about fear. It's brutal. It's painful. It's destructive. Yes. It will. It's everything painful that you can imagine. It's depression. It's mania. It's powerlessness. It That's the essence of fear. So if you feel, I can't do that, I can't change anything about that, that's too big in me, that's the thought, that's the experience of a frightened part of your personality. So when you have that perspective, you can treat it for what it is, a thought and physical sensations that are generated by an internal dynamic. So turn your attention toward the internal dynamic, examine it, don't be afraid of it. It hurts here, it hurts there. Be able to express it to yourself or to others who are interested in what you're doing. And then choose in that moment to act from the healthiest part of your personality that you can. Even if all you can do is remember that you had a healthier part at one time. Because where your attention goes, you go. Creating authentic power is becoming the authority in your own life. It's what you were born to do. It's not only a, a personal evolution. Everything that you choose contributes to the world and not only to your own personal growth. Yes. And that's because you're not separate from the world. But maybe that's a discussion for another topic. That's an idea. But as you begin to practice and observing your emerging multi-sensory perception, you'll find that it leads you to places that were previously unimaginable and good. That was the amazing Gary Zubov. If you want to know more about our guest or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode, the links will be in the episode description. If you want to dive into similar content, go to my website, pratimehra.com, and there's a whole bunch of them for you to explore. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please do rate and review the show on iTunes and share the episode on Instagram. It will help the show grow and reach a wider audience. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.